Minute Local Podcast brought to you by Pile Style Events. I am sitting here with Matt Cashdollar and Adam Rudolph, and they are... Love Hustler. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, it's really fun to say. We're kind of excited to be talking. Me in particular, I used to work at Lucky's and I saw the Freak Brothers all the time. And I've actually been out to see Love Hustler now on one occasion. And I'll mm-hmm. probably see some more. I was on the website and listened to a lot of it. So we'll get started right away. I'll start with, with you, Matt. Sure. Um, could you tell us a little bit about Love Hustler? First of all, what's the name Love Hustler all about? Okay, so Love Hustler was, you know, when you're trying to figure out a name of a group, it can be either the easiest or the most difficult thing. You either say, well, it's my group and it's my name and how many people are in the group, it's a quartet. Right? The Alicia <laughs> that was an quartet. accident. And see, yeah, well, that's, We're not going to give it that today. But see, there's a, there's a, that's a great name, though. You know what I'm saying? Think of jazz groups and, and what they do. That's what you see. That's standard, which is nice. I but I know cool. it's a little weird when you hear your name over and over again, especially seeing it promoted. So you have to get used to that. So we were thinking, well, we don't want to just call us, you know, Matt and Rudy, or we don't want to do it like that. So well, that would have been cute. Yeah, it could have been. <laughs> but see, it's sorry. All, the well, name has the funky music that you're playing. It had to be something. Yeah, it has to. It has yeah. to be a name that is at least interesting and gives you uh, kind of an idea of what the music sounds like, right? Like. There's certain band names you hear the name. Well, it's you, funny because you know you joke you know what it, all the time, like, "Oh, that'd be a good band name." Whatever. Then when it comes yeah. time, it's like, "Oh, uh, wait a minute." Yeah. So what do we like? Because <laughs> then you hear it like a million do times. Do we want two words? Do we want it? Right. So we started around that. Right. Down that rabbit hole. Like, so we want it? Yeah. at the time, this was 2009. I was driving back from Chicago. We were going to do a session in the basement at his house in Auburn, and we were we were already writing songs just as friends, and you know, it's kind of. Wait, so you've been doing this for nine years already? Well, we've actually been writing songs since the mid 2000s but we didn't actually conceptualize Love House until about 2009 so all the way home from Chicago to Fort Wayne I was brainstorming and had my phone and every time I'd think of something good I would like write it down and then when I got gas I would just like jot them all down and I was taking 30 from Hawaii uh, from Chicago to it's a terrible to drive. Fort Wayne it's a bad drive but there's a lot of stoplight so a stoplight would come up <laughs> and I would write down th- what I thought so I go to his house and he's there with his wife and I had like what 20 30 30 names, something like that. Some of them awful. I had a list too. He had a list. (laughs) He had a list. His list was like 10. That's how we do it. We like get it. His list was 10. Mine was 30, but mine happened to be the list that had Love Hustler on it. I wish we we held on to. Do you remember any of yours? Remember the alternate names? Oh, I have it actually somewhere. Yeah. <laughs> we were going for the two name. We were going for like the Captain something, remember? Or like, right. Remember yeah, we were, yeah, we were deciding. Commander something. It had to you know, be either. Like some designation and then. Single Captain word Tom or two or, word. We knew it was like single word or two word. Well, like, well there's two of us. I was, I was so going for two, two word. Mm-hmm. And I wanted it to be like. It's catchy. It I is. like yeah. it. It's cool. But that was the fun. It was the one that made us laugh out loud, and honestly, didn't it didn't seem my, like a contender. My mother hated it. Yeah. <laughs> my mother was like, you know, at the time when hustler porn was out. Oh so good, yeah, yeah. You know, and probably breaking up families at the you know seventies and eighties. Yeah, and that was not my mother. On no, my she mind. was. She's like, I'm not gonna come see your band. I don't like the name. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> super uber conservative. Flash forward. She's. It's changed now. It's totally yeah. cool. Flash forward to Taste, taste yeah. of the Arts. Flash forward to Taste of the Arts, and she's wearing a Love Hustler sweater. <laughs> she's got it's glittery. Do you have a picture of that we could put on the blog? <laughs> that's funny. I, I do, actually. We could probably that should be an album cover, really. I know. That's <laughs> yeah. Well, it's embraced now because, you know, honestly, it's not, It's there's nothing about it that's dirty. The, the word hustler is a has been used a lot, and it sounds good. And it just sounds good together. Love Hustler sounds good together. I think of hustling. And, I think of business. So I don't right, see anything else. Yeah. Right. Uh, and and the, the and hustling love. We're just like we're like hustling love. That's like yeah. such a positive you know, that message. Where I went, the whole point. Now I'm gonna think of hustler. <laughs> right. <laughs> just because you brought that up. <laughs> well, I will see people in my rearview mirror. You know, I can see in their face. Like yeah. some people, and sometimes they're like, "What is that?" Sometimes they're like, "Oh, this guy." <laughs> you know? So I wonder how many hits we get on our website because of that. So tell us a little bit about the sound. You just heard a little bit of it. It's elect- they call it electro-funk, right? Yeah. What, what is, is electro-funk for someone that's not a musician? It's music. It's fucking really fucking. <laughs> and, and? And electronic. <laughs> yeah. Obviously the biggest component big... is the, the drums being loops makes it the electro side there's a lot of beat machines which are step beat machines mm-hmm. you're okay. familiar with step beat machines versus a <clears throat> yeah sequencers you know, and... sequencers that you can kind of set where the kick drum is and stuff which we have one of those but then we can program beats so what's cool about this is you guys are doing live shows but it's all 
electron. I'm used to seeing Matt. We're on trying to do as much organic on top of as much electronic. That's as what's do. fun. The combination, <laughs> though, and that's I was picking your brain about that, Matt. At the last gig, it's like I know you guys have worked a lot in the studio on your sound, but you're doing a lot of stuff on stage too. You know, what do you think the ratio is? Not that it matters. I was just curious as a musician. Yeah, it's a ju- it's a it's a juggling okay. act. It's like a, as far as what to do when and when we're playing, it's like spinning plates. You always got to keep all the plates spinning. Like know? if you want to extend a song, it's, you can do that. You know, yes. mentally oh, every yeah. song. That's okay. That's really and, what, that's what we wanted going in. Okay. Yeah. We don't want it to be push button karaoke. And we it's not set to exact BPM. We can we right. could be at point something BPM. We can fluctuate with it. If we feel like something needs to push and go a little faster, I can revamp the bridge. I can we do we can naturally bring that up. Oh, I mean, cool. We can do that. Can it seemed like you guys seem busy. Like, yeah. like the whole time. I'm like, there's no way they're said, just... Mentally, it's 50-50 between like, okay, but I think we're always trying to push the organic side to make it like, oh, yeah, okay. Mm-hmm. You know, that's different because right. it's just... How hard you know. is it? And you guys, you have, you have like light shows going on yeah. at the same time. So. <laughs> A nice which light is, show. Which is program, which yeah. is program by <laughs> which I mean, is di- digitally It looks impossible too. to me to see when I see Alicia playing... The piano, or I see you guys yeah. playing instruments. So mm-hmm. how how different is it? I'll let you take that one, Rudy. Well, how different is it from from just playing drums, for example? Oh, geez, yeah. Like I said, it's file management. I was talking about that earlier. File management, and this is all MIDI files too. This so, being the lights. Okay, I I see you so, pointing, but yes. the podcast isn't gonna see right. that. Okay. The light <laughs> setup is run through DMX, which is a you know a a signal mapper. format, which is a cable we pl- plug into the computer. But it goes with the tempos that we program. And we'll, does it we, work with Ableton? Yeah. Yep. Program you use for the music. Yep. Okay. Yep. Ableton yep. Live. Which mm-hmm. and then it, it uses a MIDI program, which MIDI of course is used for music notes as well. But certain notes do certain things for the lights. Yeah. Uh-huh. Imagine there's times if he's on vacation, for example, I will take that time to program a bunch of presets and or whatever. Right, right. So we're always crunching no matter what with this project. And there's always something to do. We always say there's always something to do. And that's part of it. So that's more than, then yeah, being a drummer then... I'm programming drum beats quite a bit. Mm-hmm. Which, what a and, fun combo you guys are then. Right. So, and my primary thing being saxophone, I've only brought saxophone to maybe two gigs, but I, I will play it for like five minutes and that's it. Like I put it, I play it and get enough to just get a I rise out of people. Like, whoa, what's that? You know? And I, then I put it away and it's gone. It doesn't come back. Um, you bring your iwi out ever? Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Everyone's like iwi. an iwi for those who don't know. I want sax more than I want iwi more, but I understand where he's not wanting <laughs> I to. I love the iwi. Iwi is, oh, a, no, is an acronym for electronic wind instrument. And I, it's a Kai is the brand. Freaking cool. It's a really it cool instrument. It's a wind, wind controlled synthesizer. However, mine is in such bad shape that it can go out. It's glitchy, which is why I don't like to bring out a lot. I like to use it in studio. It's not cheap to replace. Well, it, yeah, it's, it's 800 bucks and you you could probably get a used one for 500 if you're really cautious, but that's still well, that's pretty expensive. It can it can be pricey. Yeah, that's really not the reason I don't bring. The it. cool thing was what he did with it, though. I think he did different sounds. You blew me away with the orchestra when we first started that project, and you brought that out for the down the line concert. Mm-hmm. I was like, whoa! Yeah, I mean it's eight I mean, octaves, so you can play bass lines, you can oh play God. piccolo parts, yeah, you can play, you can you can put harmony to it, and if you run it into MIDI, I mean you can make it sound like whatever you want. I mean you can cool. do drums with it. You can say I'm gonna make sure that when I hit this note, it plays this chord. And when I play that note, it plays a sample. When you when it's MIDI, I mean you, the the sky's the limit. MIDI is a crazy that it was invented in the '80s, and ever since we haven't done anything new with MIDI. Mm-hmm. We just figured out how many ways can we use this one programming language to do new things musically with it. That's awesome. You know, it is awesome, but it's also it's time consuming. Yeah. But the the well, things just... that are sequenced, we we really work out ahead of time when we're not together, and then when we get together, we focus on what are we going to do organically. And playing wise, yeah. So all the sequence stuff is just like that's just like laying the base like and the foundation for you to build on, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And we and then we build on that. And I usually have one one or two things going at a time. There's not there's never a time I'm just sitting there letting something play and you know drinking beer and talking no. to my friend off to the side and listening to the headphones. You guys were like <laughs> like dialed in the whole night, and we, we mm-hmm. weren't planning on stopping that night. And I was so glad we did. And I was like, what are they doing? Like, <laughs> yeah. I, I mean, like because you know. I I know, like like Dennis said, what you've done with live music, and I watch yeah. you with Freak Brothers and your other projects, and I haven't heard you play, but um, I, I he's was, in Freak Brothers. He was. Well, I drum heard drums. Okay. Yeah. And I, I was, was just, but it was like to see how much you were doing, and I, I could tell you had sequenced a lot, like beforehand and prepared, but you guys were doing a lot on the gig. 
Right. Do people Thank understand you. that? <laughs> we don't think so. You know, it's it's an interesting conundrum I think we have right now. Is it just musicians that understand it, basically, then? I, yeah. You know what? I don't even know. Uh, what's interesting about it, we've had, you know, Bob Swigert, right? Yeah. You know, wonderful sound guy. And he, he came Very out sound. and did, yeah, he came out to do a video with us. He says, gosh, I wish I had overhead. I think yeah. people want to know and people walk in, they say. That's an interesting idea, though, actually. Have, like, and it is. to have. We had a screen and everything. I mean, that so would cool. be cool. Because that's that's what and I was wondering when I was watching. Like, how much of there. this is recorded? What are they doing? Are they just starting a track? Or you know have it. No idea, you know? And it's yeah. like, yeah, we, we're explaining it all the time. And it's it, it maybe, be maybe could be featured a little more, but we're also trying to be as tactile. You know, I mean, my stuff's set up so I can throw the guitar on every once in a while. We can do dueling talk box. It's, it's everything we've ever wanted in a setup. So Are you guys building up a following of people who are familiar with your music, though, and so they know when you're improving or doing oh, something different? Oh, yeah, I think different? so. Yeah. Where are we? We can start. That's an interesting question. So we're in like a recording studio. <laughs> this is a so. small, I call it a project studio. This is a three-room studio. Tell us a little bit about it. What do you guys do here? I actually started a studio in Auburn several years ago. And I lived yeah. up there, actually. And then we moved to Fort Wayne. I'm actually from Fort Wayne. Lived up there. My wife's from up there. Started a small studio, which was like a little niche because there's no studios up there. And yeah. so it was mm-hmm. lots of country music and strange strange rappers <laughs> yeah. would come in. and Strange rappers. I mean, yeah. you know, and you name it. I did all kinds of stuff. Anything to, you know, obviously make a buck or whatever. So uh, yeah. I actually then recorded, started recording Unlikely Alibi. Yeah. Okay. Freak Brothers did our album there. Freak Brothers did the album there. I did another band called... Uh, the storytellers I got a couple of them in here I was subleasing the studio and had to move all of a sudden it was in the oh, middle God. of Unlikely's project so scramble I thought it was just not going to happen thought I was going to have to you know do something in my house and this place opened up and we renovated the whole place put three rooms in and it's a good location. I mean, yeah. it, oh, it's, awesome. it's probably quick for... Yeah, what I pay before, here yeah. is unbelievable. You have cool. no idea how cheap it is right here. Yeah. So <laughs> that's awesome. No. It is outrageous how cheap it is. So but. do you guys produce albums for anyone else, or is it yep. just, just your own stuff? Well, just, I just started doing... Yeah, I started... I've got, like said, rap groups, country group, you name it. I would just record stuff for Todd. He'll do horn parts and send them out to his friends, and he's got lots of connections on the East Coast. Yep. Scott Horn sometimes. Todd? Okay. Unlike the alibi. So for those that don't, that can't see through their computers or through their speakers, <laughs> I just handed Alicia the album that's by the band Unlikely Alibi, which I'm also in. And Brother Rudolph did a lot of the uh, mixing, a lot of the, a lot of the, ma- did all the mastering for it, didn't you? Did the mastering for it as well. And this was like the, I think your first project full full length album that was actually pressed to vinyl. It is. Oh, that's so cool. really proud of that. That came out last cool. year in 2017. Congratulations. A lot of thank you. Yeah. So he's he is a accomplished music engineer, producer, producer. And at this point, I mean, we've really been spending more time just on us than anything else. That's yeah, so be fun I segued. I had a couple, you know, two. clients coming mm-hmm. in and out and then I was like, uh, we just kinda had an epiphany. I mean, obviously things were gaining traction and we were mm-hmm. as far as expenses went, you know, he was like, Hey, we can start doing Love Hustler, we can start paying for this place and mm-hmm. So it became our headquarters. For, and yep. two people, tell me, I, I don't need told, but tell the listeners how much easier it is to work with two people than anything more than two people. It's so nice. Right? That's awesome, actually. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Going from eight, we have eight and the Freak Brothers. I have, I have a 14 so piece fun. band, I have a four piece band. What is right. it? A four piece horn section and. Yeah, resentment. And Just getting well, it together. Getting yeah. the calendar synced. Getting the calendar synced. We were the guys yeah. in Freak Brothers that were like, just show up. Yeah. Yeah. I'm tired. <laughs> just, I don't want your text saying it's like, we have a date and a time and we yeah. show up. But we were always the ones that showed up. And then we said, hey, let's write songs. Who wrote songs? Mm-hmm. We were always the ones that wrote songs. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's so smart. That's cool. You know cool. what I mean? And like, hey, let's record that. Let's show, who's going to show up to record? Right. So give us a timeline. You guys have... You have Freak Brothers, Unlikely Alibi. Mm-hmm. Where did you it meet? all get started? Where did you guys meet? Well, we met in 1997 or 98. There was a local band. It was a cover band, and, and uh, we were in called Always in the Fridge, uh, which is another cute name. And that was pretty much all like uh, Maceo Parker and Gap Band and Michael Jackson and, you know, a lot of the 70s yeah. funk stuff and 80s funk stuff. And then we do some like New Jack Swing, but we we do like Paul Simon and other kind of random things. I think Dave we even Matthews did a Dave Matthews thing. So we didn't exactly have a, a solid identity. We just said, let's just do songs that we like, you know, and we had a decent following. 
and then uh, after and that, that was Brandon Renfro connection, which mm-hmm. I met him in music school. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. where did you go to music school? Just Rabbit Trail. Trail. Okay. I can tell you. Cool. Just mm-hmm. like Mastodons. One year. Yeah. One year and they yeah. scared me away. Yeah. <laughs> he did one year. He's like, meh, I'm good. Yeah. So, Sorry. So Doctor A Tours. Doctor A Tours is intimidating. How did that first band? I had his wife on organ. Yeah, that was my secondary. Right? It was hard. Oh I, I sucked at it. Sorry, sorry, Professor Ator. <laughs> yeah, so and we did that band for what was it? Three years, four years, and then uh, next band we were in was called Clubber Lang. It was a bit of an extension of that. Brandon was kind of wanting to do something different, wanted to go a different direction, and he kind of left. And we got a, we got Ben Porter, who's a local musician, yep. and I assembled as many horn players as I could. In. We had like five or six piece horn section. We're like, we just want to be like, the tower right. power. We want to write original songs, and that was an so we. We put out we had an original EP and then uh, Todd Roth was in that and he moved to Florida and that got put on the back burner and eventually just fizzled out and that's the thing none of these bands actually broke up there's always this misconception that there's like creative differences and the band breaks up it's like in Fort Wayne so I was it's to to not always the way it works it dissolve is it it just dissolves I mean some there's just things that that just people relocate if a person pre- yeah. relocates and they're a fixture in the band sometimes the easier thing to do is just move on play with other musicians yeah. or it just feels different because that organic presence is no longer there there and so the sound changes and it feels natural to change the I'm gonna cry stop like I don't even like <laughs> over there I don't even like it you're addressing this and verbalizing something yes, I don't very, know very, oh, funny. It's, it does, it's not like there's a falling out it's one of the ca- no, well, can I go into the catalyst of Love Us Little Chance. sort of I mean, yeah, going into the, that goes into the catalyst of, of us really public. taking Love Us to the stage was we lost a bass player yeah Okay. I don't oh. want to say it was the catalyst but I mean it did it had a lot to do with it at the time was uh, Adam Martin was I mean, my right foot went with him he was how long did I play with him? 15 years? Yeah, from 97, 96, probably 95 or 96. And, and, I, and I enjoyed Flip thoroughly up. playing with him. And he moves to Texas. It was, was like two, weeks, two okay. weeks' yeah. notice. <laughs> two weeks' notice, though. We even wow. had to fill gigs quick. It was like, oh my gosh. Yeah. Kill wow. stepped in with the Freak Brothers and, and, and did he's a phenomenal been, job. Yeah, he's been doing a good job. We've still we've still been booking things here and there. You know, and that band hasn't broke up. We're, we're still. Oof. We're still technically a band. That's awesome. But have we booked a gig lately? No. Last time we played was was December. I mean, so we've had like five minutes without a gig. There might be some things coming up. I think some of that's because, though, don't you guys think all of us are in a lot of bands? Well, yeah. And when you're all local, you're yeah. always doing something, so you kind of forget. You're like, yeah. oh, shit. You know, there's this other band. My right. other baby here needs fed. Right. Well, <laughs> you know, when you're, it's sure. not like you're not doing anything if you're well, not, you Well, in your you 30s know. and you're in your yeah. 40s and you have actual babies, that changes how, how much you nurture a band. How many well, some of us are even married. So we still just yeah. have too many projects. Yeah. Yeah. I get it. I mean, yeah. we were we both juggled But we lots had to come to that realization that, man, we're going to put the time towards yeah. us at this moment. Boom. I remember yeah. you telling me when you had to drop out of, this is a fitting time to say this, APQ yeah. Harmonic. Yeah. You're like, we really got to focus on this project. We're yeah. really excited about it. Was it Love Hustler? It was Love Hustler. Yeah, was and he was like, I really like this, but I got a kid. I, you know, I'm a family yeah. and, and we need to Close focus on this creative there. project that we're both feeling a yeah. pull towards. Right. That's awesome. Right. So you guys write a lot of original music. Yeah, all original. Okay. We did we did an exception to that um, at the Brass Rail. We did uh, 80s Night. Unlikely Alibi um, invited us. It was kind of an easy connection to make for that. But I was like, yeah, man, let's do let's do uh, let's do an 80s Night where we're doing nothing but covers, and that's the whole idea of that 80s Night. Now, granted, in Fort Wayne, you there's like. 70 bands you can get to play all 80s music but they typically will get bands that are known for their covers or known for their originals rather original bands and then have them step out of their comfort zone and just for one night only become like an 80s thing and we dress up we always make it around Halloween and we dress up and it's usually one of the biggest nights of the the year the Brass Rail and we did we We did did a show there and it went over fantastically it was sold out it was sold out before I think before 11 like around 9 9, 45 10 o'clock texting me like I'm stuck outside yeah (laughs) Yeah, yeah. I'm sorry. It got it got accomplished. It got packed really, really quickly, and that went over really well. And people see that and like, oh, they just want us to do that all the time. And it's like I understand that, and I'm flattered that you're that you really enjoyed it. But that's not really the focus of of what we want to do. We don't want to just be a tribute band to to '80s funk and and pop and stuff like that. It's like, yeah, I love Janet Jackson and Wham. You know, and that sort of goes back to what we're talking about. How many people want to know what we're doing and how many people care? Uh, you know, yeah. I think people in Fort Wayne with the bars and the venues that we have and this sort of the stuff we've played now, they ex- they want to know or they want to be familiar with the songs and all of that. But 
Well, that's the most immediate I, I connection you're going to make that's is the great, songs but... they already know. And so you're always going to have that tension. I want to do new stuff, but mm-hmm. the old stuff's what's going to make them happiest right now. And mm-hmm. It's so they true, have to you know, and then, well. but, you know, in, in the original music world, you're supposed to put blinders on mm-hmm. and go, yeah. you know, and forge ahead and just, right. you know, uncomfortable it, sometimes. it's a really tough mm-hmm. thing, right? Yeah. And uh, mm-hmm. so, like, so we have a... We don't have to bring the label part up now, can I? But it was just interesting what the label tells well, first, us. Let's go back and fill in the gaps here. So yeah. you had Clubber Lang. Well, first of all, did, did Mr. T like ever contact you? And no, 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 no. We spelled it differently, so we were good. <laughs> With a okay. K instead of a C. And the other thing <laughs> is we smart. actually never pressed an album because when, when uh, Todd moved away, and I was actually just getting ready to go to IU to study my master's degree. So I was like, well... We don't have any money. It's not like we're going to press an album for a band that can't really play. So, it, again, it dissolved because people left town. And so, so how did you get from there to Freak Brothers and Love Hustle? Right. So Freak Brothers continued the whole time. Like, Freak Brothers started... They've always been around. It was a... It, it started... <laughs> like God. Uh, it was actually the same time as Clever Lang, Adam and Adam, bass and drums, and then Brandon Redford... Well, uh, it was initially Dana Dancer and Dan Mehew, you and Adam and me. That was like the the five the first we the first did one a, we did a Thursday night jam session unrehearsed mm-hmm. at Bill's Mid- Bistro Bill's Bistro which became Mid City Grill. I used to live next to Dan. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So so Dan Dan and it was Dan Mehu's baby. There was. I mean, and I think the, there was a early incantation that I think had Todd Harold, but I think that was only one gig. And Todd told me that he actually came up with the name Freak Brothers. I heard that as well. That band kind of started as just like, you know, let's play open mic things. And we didn't rehearse at all for like, what, eight years? We didn't rehearse? Several years. <laughs> yeah, a long, long time. We just would play we'd a like, lot. We'd listen to that or yeah. we'd play a lot. We'd, like, we'd say, hey, you know, show up and we're going to play these tunes. And we start slowly build a catalog. And then uh, shortly after I got in, maybe a month after, Dan Capelli came in, started playing Barry Sax. And then when I couldn't make it because I had another thing or I was at, at Bloomington or whatever, uh, Brandon Refro would cover. And there was one gig where Dan Mehew got his wires crossed and me, both me and Brandon showed up. We're like, well, let's both play. And from then on out, it was me and Brandon and, and uh, Dan Capelli. And then we added a trumpet player. And it's like, it just started growing. So it sounds like they grow organically. Yeah, and, and it did. Dissolve. It really That's did. That's kind of the best Nobody asked me to be yeah. in the band. Nobody asked me to be. No, I wasn't hired to be in the Freak Brothers. I showed up to a gig at the, the museum. I acted like I was in the band so I could get in free. It was a fashion show. I was like, I just want to go. Just, just, just fashion show. <laughs> I just brought in my flute in. I sat in on one song and it was like, I was just in the band. I didn't. I've never didn't ask hired me. anyone to and, start or be in yeah, a band. You either. just show up and start playing. Like, hey, I have a gig. I've done that twice. Well, actually. you, you do check the budget. I need to check the budget. At least the next gig, Freak Brothers have like 10. Yeah, pretty much. I mean, (laughs) I've done that twice, though, where I just show up to a gig with my horn. I sit in and things go so swimmingly that they just invite me to the next one. And it snowballs. The next thing you know, I'm in the band. Even if you don't want to be. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah, I'll just, you know, being just I I was just brought up. If if you can do something and and it fits in your schedule and if you can make it work, say yes. Do every musical project you can. You know, in my 20s, I was hungry. I was playing as much as I could. I was trying to play four or five bands nights a week. Fight. We would fight for dates. Yeah. Me. I mean, every band would be like, yo. Yeah. He'd get mad. What date Somebody you get? would hold dates too long. We're like, you got nuts till now. Yeah. <laughs> I got other dates floating. I got a 24-hour policy now. I feel really bad about it, but I don't. I What's call somebody for a gig. Mm-hmm. I get called for a gig. I'm going to give them an answer within a day because that's just couth, right? Okay. But uh, I, I call a musician. If they don't answer me back within 24 hours, I call the next one. Mm-hmm. I don't always like that policy. Right. Sometimes I have my eye on a specific friend that I want to play at the gig, but it just seems to make life simpler. Mm-hmm. I don't know mm-hmm. how normal that is or how typical, but right. you can't. I don't wait, know. I'm finding that as I get older like too. A long time. Yeah, the older you, know? you, the older you get, the more too. impatient you get. So I'm not impatient at all, but I forget, and it's like, oh no, I didn't book a drummer for this. Or, you <laughs> know what I mean? I so spinning plates. No, but yeah. you know their phone is in their hand too. You got that argument every time. Yeah. I mean, come yeah. on, get back. <laughs> so tell us about your sound. And I, I was listening. I was on your website, and I was listening to some of the samples and watching it. And '80s nostalgia is the first thing that comes to my mind. Right. So, what role does that play? Obviously, Clover Lang is from Rocky right. Three. Right. Yeah. <laughs> well, you know, if you're gonna be if you're gonna be true to yourself as a musician, you can't run away from your influences. You can't act like they're not there. And we never intentionally set off to make an '80s sounding thing. You know what I'm saying? Like we didn't say, let's do something that's reminiscent of the 80s or the 90s. We just wrote songs that sounded good to us, that had little bits of other things that just kind of seeped in. Honestly, if it sounds too much like a certain song, we usually will ditch it or change it. We don't want to be exactly like something that's already been written. That's easy. It's easy to sound like somebody exactly like somebody else. Sounding exactly like yourself and having it sound organic and cohesive and uh, grow, it takes time. Our first demos stunk. 
they were not good. Yeah. You have to go through a period where you're just like trying to learn the equipment and being honest with yourself and, and playing it for people and, and letting other people hear it and not being too shy. Well, I wasn't a vocalist. Yeah. I was a background vocalist for a uh-huh. Yeah. So I was like, oh, okay. And yeah, I'm right. Where's that, that line, though? Because as musicians, we're so self-critical. Mm-hmm. Everything sucks that we do. Sometimes right. some, so some people is like, you know, I yeah. just don't like this. I'm going to yeah. keep doing it because other people seem to or I'm getting paid. Right. Or they're saying it's good, but I just don't like it. Where did you get to a point where you're like, oh, I kind of like this. We kind of sound good. Have you gotten there? Yeah. Are I mean, you getting comfortable you're still, with your sound? There's, you're always, you always listen to your own stuff and hear mistakes and hear things you can do better. If you're if you're completely satisfied with everything you're doing, you're one. I didn't even mean you're, you're one either lying or you're you're delusional or you're. A sociopath. <laughs> well, we're two guys that li- we live with you know the the editing capability. Constantly. But when no, I don't mean so, mistakes. of course we can get lost. Yeah. When did you get your sound? Like when did that happen in the journey? <clears throat> right, our sound probably started to really get cohesive seven, six or seven years ago. Right when we were working on the album that became White Hot, which was our debut album, that was from the demos that started in 2006 up to as late as what 2014 2015 Mm -hmm. so it was a long period of time and we probably messed with 30 to 40 tunes some of them were just demos some of them were full songs songs but there were some that just when you play ours and freak brothers songs right when you play them for friends when people are like yeah that's my that's my jam right there i like that when their head nods to it or you're in traffic and you're playing your own album, which you constantly do when you're in the studio, and somebody next to you is like, "What you listening <laughs> to?" Or, "Hey, what's that?" You know, like if somebody can hear it coming out of your me. car yeah. and they get into it, that's like, "All right, we got a winner there." Cool. Down, just down mm-hmm. the street, right? Right? We look. We're right by the the Roller Dome and and Halls and and Dairy Queen, and there's a liquor store there. And there's been a, at least three or four times where I'm playing one of our things, and somebody asked me what I'm listening to, and I was like, "That's flattering." And I actually secretly hope that like they're gonna give me some feedback, and they're usually just you know positive with it. I dread that day where somebody's like, "Turn that shit down, whatever, <laughs> right. whatever see, whatever's the, in your car." The one thing you awful. know is that they've never heard it before, and yeah. they liked it. Yeah. So hey. That's yeah. half the battle. You're on to something. That's half right. The right. People, other people start, yeah, they're having that reciprocity and they start thinking, yeah, this is good. And they start giving you that feedback. You got to go with it. And eventually you just have to say, okay, let's release it. Let's release it in the world. It's done. It's really hard when you're working on a tune to just stop editing and, and just put it out. You know, stop mm-hmm. editing, just release it. Yeah. I think that's any artist, I think, you know, like I said, we have the editing capability. We're going to mm-hmm. want to just. <clears throat> you know, make it as tight and yeah. everything all the time and re-record and re-record. But, you know, I think for me, it was putting blinders on and saying, I don't know, I'm going to throw it against the wall and see what sticks. Then it was about content. Like, how many songs can we finish? Mm-hmm. How many can we get yeah, out there with and just throw it, let the market decide what's easy to like it. Right. And I have to, I don't know, it was a big, it, I, for me, it was a big transition coming out from behind the drums and thinking that people are going to be talking about how I sing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I don't like singing either. I do it all the time. You yeah. for it. I don't like doing it. I don't it. want to hear myself. No. So, so that's where I've gotten. Obviously, I'm used to hearing myself now. Yeah. I know how to record myself. I know how to EQ myself quickly. <laughs> and all of that, you know, make myself right. get, get that out of there. You right. Know? right. You learn your well, mic. You learn. You'll, yeah. you learn how to work the mic. You learn what. what so you get that confidence, and of course, good. yeah, mm-hmm. you get some, you know, objective ears on it. And, and like, I, sure. I want to encourage everyone. I, I don't think that anybody is going to pull up next to Cash Dollar and say. Turn Crap off. <laughs> Turn that music off. It's garbage. Right. If, if you just listen to he's they've got the album on there and you can I think what is it, 30 seconds of the songs that you can mm-hmm. listen to. It's mm-hmm. it's just like head bobbing with mm-hmm. tapping. It's it's really yeah. groovy, it's really funky. It's like it's it's hard not to like it. it, it I appreciate that. It it, it yeah. grows on you the more you listen to it as well. So they're gonna it's, pull it's really next cool. to you and say, you know, play that funky music, white boy, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah, right. <laughs> just kidding. Yeah. Yeah. I so you know, play that funky music, white boy. Just a side note. Uh, every time, I rabbit trail. Side note: uh, One of the other things that I do, you know, because I am a musician, every once in a while I'll play a, a private wedding because they pay well. So they do. <laughs> let's just be honest; they pay well, and they're fun when you play with good musicians. And every time that that song gets called, it's always the band <laughs> is not a funk band, right? Every time, it's like the song. It's like the funk song that non-funk bands play. Now we have Uptown <laughs> Funk. That's the new play that funky oh, music yeah. white boy. Who it That's doesn't like, groove. Right? Like, let's play. Yeah, I mean, and it usually <laughs> sounds good because it's a good song. Yeah. Right? Alicia, you do Uptown Funk. We and it goes kills. It, it kills, though. Yeah. People like it. I, I love it when they do. It's a great song. <laughs> yeah. 
Yeah, because Kevin Scholl. Kevin does a good job with awesome. that. Yeah, brings the house down. Right, it brings the house down. But see, it's low hanging fruit though, isn't it? It's low hanging fruit. We're a wedding. Yeah, that's like yeah, that's perfect for a wedding. We don't want to play it on the gig yeah. anymore. Yeah. Hey, that would be great. That would be flattering if we could write a love hustler song that was so synonymous with "Gotta Play It at a Wedding." I would love that. Yeah, right? so I wouldn't that. Well, well that, that would mean you could retire. I mean, I retire. Right? <laughs> you know? Of course, you'd love that. All it takes is one, one really, really catchy love song. Love hustler, Matt would love to retire. That's what we've been talking about one yep. hit. Um, one. Oh, that's cool. Okay, yep. so we've we've established how you've been part of the journey here, your composition style. Right. How much time do you spend in this building? It varies on the week. I mean, we've got a, with it being summer, there's there's vacations coming up, so there'll be a whole week where I'm not here, or, you know, a week and a half. Um, but on a typical week, uh, Mondays, Wednesdays, that's religious. We're here on Mondays, Wednesdays. Lately, we've been trying to, you know, sometimes he'll be here for himself for an hour and a half. I rolled into my lunch break today, and then I hear the door unlock. And he, he's, I was like, oh hey, yeah, we both <laughs> came in trying to get too. stuff done. We're just, yeah, I was here to set up because stuff wasn't set up. To prepare mm-hmm. for you guys, so it's like, oh great! I yeah. just happened to be near here. We had it work for you. I'm sorry. <laughs> and that's how we. No, no, I needed to be done. Yeah. But it was just, hey, we find the time, we do yeah. it. It fluctuates. I mean, there's some weeks. Uh, we're average. We're we're here probably ten hours a week. Easy. That's but a lot lately, on top of a fa- families yeah. and jobs, so. though. Yeah. Lately, it's been probably closer to twenty hours a week because we've been getting ready for summer. We've been getting ready for shows. Yeah, we've been recording. We've been trying to record as much as we can. And every time that we're here, we're just like, man, I wish I didn't have to go to work. I wish I. <laughs> I wish <laughs> we're both like, like scheming. Like, I wish I could just like clock not, in not and then show the strategically using what vacation. <laughs> we both actually have great vacation packages mm-hmm. at the day job, so. But we're using them wisely and yep. you know trying to put them towards this right bit. so a couple of interview questions so yeah. yeah if you could go back and warn yourself about any one mistake you made in your music career or your music journey what would that be and we'll have you go first adam oh me you need time to think we could do matt first uh just one I, I, that's an easy just one actually one. for me <laughs> i know right there's so many Musically, it's it's uh, not writing more, you when? know, uh, early in the career, Earlier. I think. Yeah. You know, writing when I really wanted to write, because I think we we took that whole cover path. And I think a lot of bands do and a lot of musicians do, you you, you know, a path of least resistance. But a path that pays the bills sometimes. Yeah, mm-hmm. absolutely. But your mind isn't focused on where the passion should be. Mm-hmm. And I think when your passion, I mean, Love Us for me was that first I first felt that like. I don't know, that first, it was way different to write your own song, perform it for the first mm-hmm. time, just everything about it. And it wasn't, it was like, just, why was I doing this early? Why yeah, was I and doing then this to get a response and then to get, you know, your Facebook blowing up the next day after a show, like, oh, geez, what happened? People, mm-hmm. I don't know, you know, it's a, a reaction we never got before. But you had the feeling that you were in the right place before I, you got the response from the, yeah, from the yeah, audience. That's but, cool. but really before taking the plunge and putting blinders on to say, hey, we can put these songs out, we can perform these songs. As in a jury of eight members, we would write these songs. Sometimes, you know, one guy would be like, mm, I don't know you want. You know? Yeah. <laughs> and you get yeah. that. And then for us you to be like, talking about the same for us to try to steamroll it. No, they all sound You know how that goes, yeah. You, you, for yeah. us to steamroll it, then it's like, well, there's their song, you know. This is what happens. But I wish I'd have done it sooner. I do, you know, instead of just following the money. Not, yeah. I always joke about, my wife knows, I joke about the shoebox. Shoebox of cash. <laughs> it's what you did, right? Yeah, you you can't deposit yeah. all the time, but yeah. that was what, that kept my wife really calm over the years of being out till 4 a.m., 4 a.m. you know. Mm-hmm. But it, was it worth it at the time musically? I don't know. I would cut that time in half. <laughs> and the time I would have realized that I would have liked to just be doing more of writing original music is just, it's more of a representation of myself. What about you, Matt? I, I would I should have probably done a different major in college. I probably should have done a business major. Oh, that's interesting. <laughs> because <laughs> I suppose what did you have like a music mm-hmm. performance? Major? Well, yeah, I did a music. I did music education, which is great, but I don't really want to talk too much about that path. I, I'm not. I'm not as much thinking that that was a bad idea, but I definitely think I could have graduated a year and a half earlier, and I could have saved a lot of money in student loan debt. But I also have, would have had my Word. my brains on marketing and 
establishing a brand and establishing uh, something that you can really get behind and turn into a business because I'm just like playing catch up with all the business stuff now. Yeah, you know? I came from a business family yeah. and they kept See, saying, why not. are you in school for music? Right. You don't need to do that. Well, don't quit doing that. Now, now here's the thing. I don't, I, I don't, a family did something. I yeah. don't regret the time I spent in the practice room. No, I don't either. regret the, I don't regret the lessons. Mm -mm. And there were a lot of great things about music as a music school and I did love it. But I think, was it the smartest thing to do? No, it wasn't the smartest thing to do. We never know that that when you're in school. No, I didn't. Yeah. I, I liked it. Now, you know, when you're in college, you're just trying to, to find that thing that works. Well, I remember and there was a Scotia. I knew I was passionate. There was a Scotia view that wanted to teach, though. That's oh, the thing. I mean, he's got this major teaching fire, as you can imagine, probably on mm -hmm. many subjects. Yeah, yeah I, mean, I still love teaching. I just remember those times, <laughs> right. and I was like, I thought there was a time that he might go and band director, right? Band director, and, and I was for a while. I, I when I was in Chicago, I worked at a college prep school and I ran the jazz program, and basically was one of the big big people helping out with their marching band and kind of assist in everything and I was doing inventory and fixing instruments and, and I organized their catalog and like I did all this you know I was the band director uh, in a lot of aspects for those kids and then when I you know came to Fort Wayne the big problem with getting a teaching gig and I'm not afraid to say this to anybody that's that's familiar with Fort Wayne Community Schools and whatnot, but we had a really bad thing happen in our school system within the last 10, 15 years. We've I've seen virtually every single assistant director wiped out. We've seen budgets slashed. Yeah. We've seen um, a lot of money taken away from music programs. Fortunately, we have a, a Sweetwater. We've had a little bit of a resurgence lately, but when I got out of school and I was looking for jobs, I was better off leaving off the master's degree because I wouldn't even get an interview with a master's degree because I'm too expensive yeah they want somebody fresh <laughs> oh god no I, and it wasn't even too passionate we don't yeah. it wasn't about the passion it was it was we have a budget crisis and if we have to hire a new person we need somebody fresh out of college that just has a bachelor's degree but hopefully has their foot in the door and like did you know student teaching here or went to high school here so people that already know the community so you get in where you fit in like right a lot of the instructors in town and I love them they're all great yeah. we have we do have great instructors I love the music teachers in Fort Wayne I have a real close relationship with a lot of them they're great but we needed more instructors and for every job I was going out for there were 40 qualified representatives and there were a lot of people that got jobs that they were better for the job but there were definitely some people that got the job just because they knew the right person they were cheaper and they were or they were fresh out of, of school so i kind of had to just give that up you know i had to give up the dream of of, of being a, a band teacher that was a very big reality i i'm still in education i work at ivy tech i've been there for for seven years eight years actually so i've you know i've i'm still involved with education and I'm, i still think it's really important especially as a parent i don't think that there's anything bad with education but unfortunately it's a tough gig. um it's a really tough gig and at the end of the day right now my education is what uh what pays the bills and this is what i'm passionate about you know, this is I'm my. I'm too. I educate privately. It pays the right. bills. It pays the bills. The I, I like it. I, I contribute to society. I do. I do good there, and I put my all in. But let's face it: when those forty hours are up, I I leave that job. Yeah. I don't. That tension I'm not, keeps coming up in the right. conversations we have with musicians all the time. It's yeah. interesting. Right. Well, if you're a band director, I mean, you're not just a forty-hour week band oh, director. God. You're a band director seven days a week, and during the summer. It, Forget about it. It's not you have your summers off. Well, if you're a band director, your summers are not off. Yeah. I mean, if you're a middle school band director, maybe, <laughs> maybe, but high school, no. Oh, you're 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 giving your life to marching band. So, you know, I've actually found a great balance recently. Fortunately, we have wives that are very uh, supportive and very loving, and and they would like to have us home with them more. But but they are understanding that if we're at home all the time we get grouchy because we have this itch that's not getting scratched you know? <laughs> okay so we're going to change the subject to something yeah. a little cheerier okay so <laughs> what, what was the most pleasant surprise well let's focus on love hustler in particular sure. so you guys have been doing this since 2009 you said right so in all that time what's been the most pleasant surprise and we'll start with you again adam or do you need time to think? Adam's <laughs> like, quit starting with me, man. I know. <laughs> go back to, go back to Cash Dollar. The most surprise about Love Hustler? I mean, like, the experience so far? Yeah, I mean, but it sounds like you kind of brought it up already. So and it was Can that... I see what my most pleasant surprise is so far? Yeah. I freaking love your branding. Uh, thank you. Thank oh, my you. God. Yeah. Like, from a business family? I'm from yeah. a business family, not an artsy family. Yeah. It's see, I'm awesome. the marketing guy. I'm actually, I'm I love it. I love the stickers. <laughs> I love the name. I love the, the light show that you guys have with, with, the, with the LH. That's right. It's yeah, we, really easy to understand that this we is use love. We products. Quick. 
Oh, those aren't oh, ours wow. anymore. We do. <laughs> 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 this is this is not not anymore, but not anymore, but the pile name's yeah. still on it. No, but you guys' branding Boom. is spot on. It's really cool. I knew what your brand was before I ever heard your sound. That's why I was so perplexed when yeah, it came in. It's funny because that's where I go back to that Fort Wayne thing. I don't and we can't be Fort Wayne minded. Yeah. so much about when we're writing these songs sure. you know what yeah. I mean it's like Ugh. but no. unfortunately we do when it comes to making cash or booking a show or something so that was part of it is that Fort Wayne wants to see this Fort Wayne's not going to understand all the buttons we're pushing well that was they're my just pleasant not surprise. going to yeah. I mean, if there's He's not a drum set drum L and H yeah, 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 the L and the it's H. Um, we made them lightweight, and those are actual color organ circuitry from the. Have 70s. drunk people pushed them over yet? They nope. haven't. They like That's to put awesome. their beers on them. Nope. <laughs> <laughs> we don't have coasters for that. Yeah. I wondered that the but, first time I saw the L and H. Like, has anyone tripped over these yet? But that was like, my what? thought. Was like, oh, let's just give them a. We're a dance thing. Don't worry about what's going on behind us necessarily. But then, like I said, mm-hmm. as people came out, it's like they want to know what's going on. It's like, oh, so how now you can do put these behind you. And turn the, the stuff around. Right. You're like, keep the beers away from the equipment. <laughs> right, and they'll be putting beers on your keyboard. <laughs> in the so, console. you're yeah. pleasant surprise. Did that give you enough time? My rabbit trail there. Yeah, <laughs> okay. the uh, the most pleasant surprise, I think it's the acceptance from the dance community. Oh wow! Like you know, it was it was a completely that was I mentioned the Facebook waking up the yeah. next day. Like we played shows at Hush where I woke up to you wake up to. Friend, I don't get friend requests all the time, you know? And it was like dozens. Like, oh, wait, who is this? Mm. No, not with the Freak Brothers, you know? It was yeah. kind of like... Because they're just, not women. <laughs> well, you know, yeah. whatever. But no, yeah, it was genuine. I show. Like, I really, <laughs> really love your It's sound. not because you're... Well, I guess... Right. Yeah. I'm just teasing you guys. <laughs> but yeah, that, no, was, cool. that was the most surprising thing was... And, and it was... I, I guess I always doubted ourselves, though, because of the way we format it. We wanted to sneak into where DJs perform rather than where bands play. We thought it would translate a little better because yeah, we wanted the bass. We that. wanted the low end from the speakers. So when having open mics, we were like, how can we do this? I've got a gate running on my mic and everything. So we're like, can we do this? Uh, is the DJ before us going to look at us like, what the hell? These guys are bringing all this stuff in. No, they were very welcoming. We did it. We nailed it. And that dance, we, we cross-pollinated, as we said, and locally. Yeah, and it was cool. a really cool thing to see. I right, think it makes there was, a lot of sense too. Yeah, yeah, I can see it. I think, and it was the only way I think we could have started playing because I don't think uh, you know Mitchells or you know those classic rock bars would have hired us to perform, yeah. mm-hmm. and we, that was how we got our sea legs locally. I think is yeah. I think they're probably the most pleasant surprise. There's been a lot of them, and there's a lot of great discoveries and a lot of great moments that happen. My probably biggest surprise, honestly, though, was that first time that I came back from vacation, and Rudy had a light, the whole light set up in his garage. And he's like, come over. And he had he had stems from the show, and he had this light show for, you probably put 15, 16 hours easy What's in one week is, into programming lights. Let me interject and, really quickly. Yeah, yeah. I, that that was the light part. programming I did had not been done before through, there wasn't a software that was made for Ableton yeah. so and I went like... and deciphered the MIDI notes so to, pro, to work with these no, he did. while he was on was vacation crazy. have you marketed and patented this yeah. I was going to I swear I was like how can I somebody's got to know about this and then boom DMXIS came out and uh. it's the only certified one it comes with it's own little USB yeah. so go on that was right Right. it was so the, the, that was the thing is like I, I came in and he was just like I'm on vacation he was doing a really good job to not blow my phone up and not text me a lot you know he's just letting Aww. me be on vacation but every once in a while he was like how you doing man you're relaxing yeah it's been great how you been and he's waiting for me to say that how you been he's like what do you see this light show holy shit and I get all these like exclamation points and emoji faces and all this stuff but he wasn't sending me videos he could have sent me a video and like let the cat out of the bag early but he's, he didn't do that so I came I came back and I didn't know what to expect I'm just like I know he had lights the robo lights were mm-hmm. something that we were using with Freak Brothers, but we only set them to the react to the audio, right? Yeah. Just just, just blink and them. do do different things with the beats and and it, don't actually program a show. Just set them up so we have lights. We never actually program. The way that it was working is the four um, robo lights were all kind of daisy chained into each other, and so they all were doing the same motion. But the, yeah, his programming was literally just like. MIDI. It was. I'm looking at the MIDI program, and it looks like a keyboard. It's like it, it looks, looks like, like the Morse notes. Code, like nothing, like nothing. And like I'm like, holy crap! So like, velocity is changing how things, what what they're the doing, color, and where it's at changes the, the color. I was blown away. I was like, what? How did you? What? How did you do that? And that's the <laughs> there other was thing. literally. There's still not anything on YouTube until DMX. I asked. I was going to release it on YouTube. Like, does anybody know about this? Right. 
Right. You see a band, if, if you see a band, if you go out to Fort Wayne, it might still, because it's a workaround for that, that little dongle that we got to replace it was 380 bucks. Yeah. Comes with the software. Pricey. You go out and, and in see... fact, we've had glitches since then. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Which was, is like, it it's easier. supposed to be glitch-free. Yeah. We're like, we've had glitches on our MacBooks yeah, in shows. We've, yeah, we've had... Since then, we're not, we're not... We did, it was actually it easier yeah, and less, not... it was less on the CPU to the old, the old way. And there was right. a time we were thinking of just going back to the old There was nowhere way. on the CPU whatsoever. Right, right. It was, it was really, really low frequency. Yeah. We're oh, nerds, yeah. I was going to say, you know... So you that's the cool thing here, though, is that gets into the sound guys that you guys do, it's... It's not just, you know, we went to college for music and, you know, we can get into whether education is important or business. It is. But it's now important. we're talking about, like, software development. Yeah, and, yeah, and, yeah. And, you know, it comes through. It's electronic after all. But right. It comes through and it's like, you guys are working on all those, with the, all that cool equipment and all those cool tools and the light shows and everything. And that all comes out. It's just like this right. big mismatch. Of... Right. And I'm, I'd be hard pressed to find another band anywhere in the States that's two people that are running their own light show that are also playing the types of instruments that we're playing, we are definitely one of a kind. Very. You know? We're one of a kind. And I can't say that about anything I've ever done before. There's always been a kind of a playbook. A big band gig, you, there, you, there's a playbook. There's actually a book of, of a range chart. You know you know what you get. You know, you do a, you do a jazz quartet gig. That's a certain thing. You do a, a cover band gig. There's a way we to have, do it. We had pictures of early incarnations. We didn't know how we were going to set up. Yeah. We didn't know what gear we were going to use. We had larger, smaller gear. We've constantly moving. Okay, I... Don't use that one. I'd rather use one of these. Yeah. It's all about real estate for us, too. Yeah. <laughs> How many MacBooks do you bring to the gig? One. Just one. We have a backup. I, I, I was going to say, do you have a backup? We do have a backup. Um, I, it's, but that's dedicated. There's yeah. nothing. Okay. That's not even online ever. Yep. Okay. Because I remember going to like a Gabriel and Dresden show up at the Sound Bar in Chicago a couple years ago. Mm-hmm. And it was cool, and, yep. and it was crashing after right. crashing after crashing. Like it was all night, and I'm like, wow, because it was a huge event. Yeah. And I remember thinking, why these guys have five MacBooks up there? Why is this going on? Yeah. <laughs> well, there, you know, oh, when you know. it's something deceiving when you see a MacBook. There's they're kind of they're they're controversial in a way. When you see when you go to a live show, if you see that computer right in front and you hardly you never see the performer's face, it can be distracting. And there's some people like you could just be playing a, a pre recorded mix on iTunes and just be playing Candy Crush on your you know and we wouldn't know. <laughs> and we wouldn't know. That's, that's you know? what I was wondering when it's I was like, like, Are you really like, doing anything? I see them moving around back there, but who knows what they're doing. I don't And trust me man, having followed DJ the DJ world for years, it that's really hard work. Anytime there are some DJs that you know work harder than others. If you see a laptop, don't think that's automatically that the musician's not doing a lot up there. Or oh the, no, they seem very frustrating and sweating bullets. Not. The <laughs> yeah, thing yeah. is, it's it's it is stressful when you bring any electronics in. The more you bring in, the more can go wrong. The more cables and uh, MIDI signals that you have to run, the the higher the potential is for technical difficulties, which is one of the more frustrating things to deal with. There's sometimes momentum gets killed because one thing stopped syncing correctly. Well, I knew they were in trouble that night when they had like two fans blowing on all the equipment. Mm. <laughs> and I was like, oh. Wait, yeah. Good. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, I was just curious though, like in general, how much, what does it take you? You see, you're basically operating this from one MacBook, and you've got your backup. Mm-hmm. We got, I got the backup. They both, they both look fairly uh, similar. Yeah, and the biggest thing is that we run Ableton on that, and then it is guided by a tempo signal from the MX1, which is an awesome. That's really the Roland product that made us capable. Yeah. And we, we had dreamt of this machine. Talk about that. What is this? <laughs> and then so, it came out. And he goes, "Dude, I they, feel like this does everything we wanted it to do, and it's a, it's a mixer." Yeah. That uh, we can bring digital and analog together, in okay. it, and then it has onboard effects. Yep. You're trying to show me. Mm-hmm. So it has onboard assignable effects. So I can go and say, "Hey, drums, make a weird, you know, drum slicing effect." I can say whatever and, and just choose the drums. I'm doing that with my MIDI, so uh-huh. I have through Ableton. The biggest thing is the tempo. So then yeah. the tempo from that uh, MX1 is actually running the lights as well. The tempo, the tempo, yeah. The MX, our our mixer is it's a performance mixer. I honestly feel like Sweet Sweetwater or somebody uh, in the in the we realm of, the of Roland of and Ableton could we could we could do product demonstrations for some of this equipment because I, I don't know why know Sweetwater. It. I've joked to everybody I know about Sweetwater like they should hire this dude to like yes, work uh, out. Do you like, have time for that? <laughs> I mean, <laughs> he'd make time if they do. But seriously, he, wouldn't it be time, the most yeah. interesting expose? This, you know? Right, I know. Yeah. Give him a product. Give him a week. It's a lot of rolling equipment, 
My my equipment's a lot of rolling. Why aren't they um, sponsoring you guys? Because we I don't think they know about us yet. Well, let's, 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 well I, I can why comment don't we on fix that. this I after think, the podcast? No, right. why don't we roll ahead and they actually we have an announcement? We honestly wonder. <laughs> we have friends so, out there, and I've wondered. There is you've got to imagine there's favoritism issues out there. When you think at Sweetwater, I mean everywhere. That's that's a presence in every. Everybody's performers. You know, I can't and every, say there's going to be way yeah. better performers than us out there, and way you know that Sometimes are probably we sales have an issue at Sweetwater. I'll just say this out loud. Of uh, I really will. I'm not. I'm not embarrassed by this. But <laughs> you can edit it out. Post. Yeah, we are, we are recording this. It's but, yeah, okay, I but I mean, money. there's local people and uh-huh. there's not local people. And uh-huh. I think sometimes the things get lost in translation there. Mm-hmm. But I don't think that's there's any malicious content behind that. I think it's just what happens. Right. Because there's so many things pouring into Sweetwater. Mm-hmm. And it's such a huge enterprise that goes everywhere. A lot gets lost in that. Yep. And they don't yeah. even know sometimes what's going on locally. So I hear people get pissed off and they're like, oh, well, they haven't seen me yet. Or they don't know this. Or mm-hmm. they don't know who I am. But <laughs> hey, let's tell them who you are. I mean. Well, we've tried to make waves out there. The, the director was a photography Whereas, mm-hmm. yeah, he's head of photography. There's like 2,000 people to make waves with, so... Yeah. Well, yeah, the I mean, photography guy, he's done our yeah. photography, which is, has turned out awesome yeah. for us. He's actually uh, has done a music video for this uh, our next single. So we're trying to get those little ends out there, but I wonder... I just always wondered You if should talk to, like, the Rollin rep is who you should talk to. But you guys are going to get more recognition now, are you? Potentially. I think we'll get more recognition. So. It should That's be coming. Okay. <laughs> this is the announcement I'm trying to build up to. So we've, I've let the conversation go on so long because it's really interesting, but we're, like, Doubled our normal like time limit. Uh-huh. <laughs> I the apologize. Word for longest podcast. Most I apologize. Time. No, it's okay. I apologize. <laughs> I'm a talker. I'm, I get excited and I, I start well, that's talking. That's why we wanted you on the show. Right. <laughs> so. What's the announcement, guys? We're gonna you're gonna hear it here first. On all right, here here first, we are officially signed to Jumpsuit Records out of San Francisco, uh, headed by the Polish ambassador. He is a fantastic, multi-talented, multi-genre electronic dance music artist. Think everything from yoga music, background music to really pumping like festival hype music to hip hop. I mean, he he's a very very versatile artist. We've actually been I've I've been a fan of Polish Ambassador for a while. Been following him, mm-hmm. and of course, mm-hmm. did the whole you know proverbial demo submission. Like, hey, you chased him down and through. Wow, you have a new record label. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. And the story goes that it was 11 a.m. I sent 11 p.m. It was 11 a.m. Oh, and 8 p.m. He same emailed day. back same day. We were in the studio at the time, oh, not checking awesome. our phones, yeah. realizing he had tried to email us twice. Saying, hey, I don't know if you got my first email. <laughs> I really like your song. Yeah. So, yeah. Oh, wow. And it was like, hey, can, oh my God. can we get on yeah. the phone? And yeah. it was like, okay. Yeah, that and first. I was like, it's really him, dude. That first <laughs> that first time, we had, a, we had had one of those rough sessions where something went wrong and killed like an hour and a half of time. You remember? Yeah. We were, we were having an issue with uh, Pro Tools. Yeah. And something was oh, crashing. And it was it's one of those things that was a momentum killer because we had to, instead of dedicating time to recording and songwriting, now we're dealing with uh, you know, trashing the preps and rebooting and, and so we were frustrated and then all of a sudden he looks at his phone, he's like, Oh my god, dude! Oh my god <laughs> And that Pretty exact accurate. voice, right? <laughs> yeah, totally. No, it was louder. It was louder. <laughs> I'm he was screaming throat. Like, he was screaming yeah. and I was tired. It was voice. he was so unamused for a second. Well, I was it was like, dude, it was Midnight. It was like midnight. I was exhausted. What part of Polish ambassador? And I didn't understand. That's what I was like. I was like, really him? Well, I was like, well, first it was his company, and then it was him. And I was like, he sent two emails. Like, where are you? He's trying to find us. I didn't. I I just know (laughs) enough. My notifications louder now. (laughs) I know. I was like so like. Yeah. He I was. Can't believe I missed this. He he was super. I'm usually the one that's like, well, let's just just not get too excited. Let's make sure this is legit first. You know, I'm slapping the sideshow boy. Like, <laughs> yeah, he was walking around. He was pumped for, for like you guys are weird. probably up until two in the morning, three in the morning. Still just I was. adrenaline. No, pumped. I came home. I, I told sleep. my wife. She's like, oh, my God. She's like, we're not going to bed tonight, are we? Like, no, we're probably not. <laughs> we're, so we're drinking tonight. We yeah. signed yeah. just this last week, just oh, just wow. for the single, which is called Cinderella. It's something we wrote together. It's on the album. It's on, what is it? Take the Stairs? Take the Stairs was on the album. We had to unrelease it. We had to unrelease it. Save it. asked us to unrelease it because it wasn't released nationally. So we're like, okay. Yeah, there's one There's one place that it's still out there. And we actually just talked about, like, we got to have, like, every little fragment of that pulled off 
or at least credit it towards jumpsuit at this point. It's on YouTube. Hurry up and find it. <laughs> <laughs> well, see, so they don't mm-hmm. have any part of that recording of it. So because we performed it live, so yeah, we have a YouTube yeah, video. Technically, it is ours, but yeah, we're yep. saying if we use their sound. Recording. That is yeah. so cool. Congratulations. Thank you yeah, so much. What does what? this mean for Love Hustler? I think what it means is that we're uh, we're going to have a, a, a more ears on our music. I'm not expecting that we're going to take over the world on one song. I, I don't think anybody should should plan on doing that. <laughs> Ever? You what do should, you mean? It's you like should the girl set that it as a goal. You should like, set it as married? a goal. This is it. <laughs> you should set it as a goal to to change the world with your single, but sure. you shouldn't put all your eggs in one basket. And like, man, it, this is what's gonna break us. You can't do that. You have to just put out your best foot forward, hope that it goes well. So I, I don't know. Is it gonna is it gonna result in ten people buying our album, ten thousand people buying our album? I don't know. All Honestly, I care about our, is that say our, new ears are gonna be on our stuff. People on the West Coast are going to hear our music. People yeah. from our short term. Yeah. He's very big in Colorado, the Colorado festival scene and whatnot. So, so they're a booking agency. Jumpsuit is also yep. a booking agency as well. So mm-hmm. I've already dropped winky winky hints. They're actually performing in Pomeroy, Ohio. Well, I'm sorry, guys. What, this is June. the Keeping It Local podcast. Right, right. Well, we, we want to represent no. the Midwest in that. No, you know, you we, we've actually been trying to reach out to Detroit, Chicago, mm-hmm. and you know, even in Ohio, they're trying to get festivals but the Polish Masters and his people are coming this way too so get some bookings from it too I think the next thing for us though is we've we've been talking more and more that this is the year where we just where we establish Team Love Hustler where where the where we're really gonna have to start having having (laughs) a a ground a ground crew of of people that are not just fans but like yo you help us out there's gonna be kickbacks for you you're gonna get free merch you're gonna get like first available stuff we're gonna help you out we're gonna get you free into shows if we can afford to pay you we will (laughs) but right now I mean there's a lot of overhead you know this studio doesn't it doesn't pay for itself it's not a free space. You know, it, there's the reality kicks in though. This is a business, and it, there's money involved. It's right, Matt, but just for just expensive. stop with all that for right now. Just yeah. be really happy. We're happy. Yeah. <laughs> no, we are. We practically don't have much work being happy requires. Yeah, you have no idea <laughs> how many hours. <laughs> just releasing one song, like you yeah. guys would would not believe how much paperwork goes into, how much time Big spent on the computer. Yeah. Well, and then they doing... have they've asked for a follow up release. Yeah, and that's a that's a situation where we. Does this mean like legal representation? You guys need to have now, and I mean. Well, we have. You know, we know yeah. people. Okay. We you know we're local enough to know okay. know some of the best people in town to, to look over things. So we do have some some people close knit, but you know I, I definitely think it's important yeah. for us at, at some point to get we're a proper manager. In that department. Sure. It'd be great for us to get a proper manager to get a proper public publicist. Um, somebody... These are all things that uh, Sigalski's talked about at, mm-hmm. at Jumpsuit. So like we're learning kind of what they're doing. I think we're going to learn a lot about marketing. That's one of if you look yeah, up uh, Jumpsuit. That's one of his things. Mm-hmm. I think he went to Lead School of Business. Yeah, as, they, a, as a music music artist, he's got a great business model. They, they all of his stuff is, is is name your price. Um, if you go to like their the, the Jumpsuit band uh, Bandcamp, it's fantastic. You can spend twenty bucks and get the whole discography. You can have a subscription to where you just get the download of whatever new stuff comes out. They've got playlists. They do these action days that are always uh, tied to a nonprofit. They're they're, they're trendsetters and they're they do something different. They think outside the box. The more I found out about jumpsuit after I started saying, oh, crap, this is real. I started getting excited about it. And man, like, it's I want very, to be in line with this. because It's what, a very cutting edge label right? overall. So right. I, mean, I just think even from the composition standpoint, then everybody's sharing stems then. Yeah. Like immediately. Yeah. So we're like, it's we a get family. a Google Drive here soon where we're wow. going to get everybody's stems to do remixes. Oh, that's awesome. And obviously then we all share in the royalties too. I mean, it's just, it's a whole electronic royalty model that I think a lot of, you know, labels need to be adept at. And it seems right. like they're doing it. So we'll he's, see. he's picky. He's, a, he's, I think yeah. he's got a good head on his shoulders. By I've only talked to him on the phone once at this point, but we've, we've been back and forth a ton online um, on the internet. But yeah, it's really inspiring. And obviously with a name like Love Hustler, just to bring it all back to that whole first conversation we had in this very long podcast thanks for sticking in and tuning in to me by the way um love hustler is all about hustling love and all about doing something positive it's it's always been kind of my 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 passion project to make sure i'm doing something positive even when i just do covers or jazz i try to have a positive spin i've just always been an optimist our song content we don't we don't talk about breakups and Oh, it's so bad. My life is so awful. And let's, let's bitch about politics and our music. Let's make change. You know, we're not not about stirring the pot and pissing people off. 
we're not about aggression and, and anger. We're about spreading the uh, the idea of love and kind of th- having things be loose. The content of our st- songs, I think, can hit with 13-year-olds are things you can play for your kids and you can play for your your mom and your dad and, and everybody's going to be Once able to find something the that they can they yeah, want. Right. The whole well, idea is... Where they're from. I think the air kids don't know. <laughs> yeah, don't, don't turn anybody off. Like, it's important to market, but, you know, we're not trying to find an audience that's going to think we're hot for a year and then abandon us. We're trying to make something that's timeless and positive and can cross a lot of genres and cross boundaries. We're trying to do that. I think we're succeeding so far. Yeah. I think you guys are too. It sounds like it. That's that sounds awesome. like a great note to end on. You guys said you're playing June 2nd at yes. Marina Bar and Grill? Yes. DuPont? 2018, uh, June 2nd with Third Frame and Slay. It's their big summer tent event. Mm-hmm. Awesome. And yep. we've got, it's lovehustler.com, if yep. I'm correct. Lovehustler.com. So you, you can hear a couple of samples of the music. Mm-hmm. Uh, you guys are all over social media, I take it. So Absolutely. Facebook. You're on Instagram. We are on Instagram. I heart love hustler. You can follow them. Mm-hmm. I heart love hustler on Instagram and you can find us on Twitter even though we don't tweet a ton but we are on Facebook uh, we are on SoundCloud we are on Bandcamp we are everywhere on the internet we still have a MySpace we have a page MySpace. <laughs> we just, we just fixed it that's, that's so cool there. is it though well, <laughs> no I mean like that you didn't you've had it this long well, <laughs> thank you everyone thank you. <laughs> if you want to keep if you want to keep up to date with the Keeping It Local podcast you can just go down and subscribe on the blog post here if you're on iTunes you can subscribe there or you can follow us on social media as always and we'll see you next time